guys take it took me a little while to get started uh i restarted my computer so and my computer is maxed so it takes a long time for it to kind of run up um Okay, so let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. Um, thank you, God, for what you're all, what you're doing right now um, in us and through us, Father. I thank you, God, for just allowing everybody to hop online here to learn more about your word, about your way, and about your um, will, God. So, God, we thank you and we bless you. I pray, oh God, that the Holy Spirit would just take control and lead us and guide us in the way that um he wants for us to go father so i give you all the praise glory and honor in jesus mighty name amen amen okay so let's do a quick attendance today's the 29th okay so i see um london is on good evening I see tracy good evening Bobby, got Dale, got Shakai, and I got Trish. Got you all on. Got you all on. Okay. All right. So last week, um, we we talked about um, uh, the Reformation um, movement, the Protestant Reformation movement um, last week, and um, we were looking at, let me share my screen here. Desktop two. Okay. Um, last week we were looking at, come on. Okay, so last week we were looking at the Protestant Reformation movement where we looked at um, Martin Luther and looking at the foundation, foundational principles that the Protestant Reformation was built upon. And so um, this week we're going to kind of expound on one of them. Um, we were, let me, um, we're, well, this week we're going to look at what is called the modes of salvation. And so um, in, in this lesson here, we will understand the three modes of salvation and able to identify the modes of salvation in scripture. So the modes of salvation is when, remember last week, we talked about the five solas or the five onlys that the Protestant Reformation is built upon. And the Catholic Church had a problem with the first three. Um, as you as we remember um sola scripture they um the protestant reformation believes that the bible alone is our highest authority but the catholic church believed that the the highest authority is um not just bible alone but bible in the church and remember church defined to them is leadership or clergy and then they had a problem with um sola grata and sola fide um, we're saved through grace of God and by the faith alone in Jesus Christ. They believe that you are saved by your works. So the more good you do, the more of a chance you have um, to be saved and um, reserve a place in heaven. And they believe that the more money that you give to the church or the more things that you do for the church, the more likely you have a place in salvation. 
And we were talking about um, how faith alone through Jesus Christ that we are saved. And it is nothing that we can do, um, nothing that we can decide on our own um, in regards to our salvation. And that it's already done before the foundations of the world. So that's what we're kind of, we're picking up today. We're looking at um, salvation. What is salvation and how, um, and how, how we, how, are we saved and how, um, you know, our, our position in God and uh, how we get to heaven and what about our works and all that stuff. Um, can we lose our salvation? So we're going to just kind of ad address those things. So I'm going to try to stay in this lane and not go, go too far left. But if you all have um, questions or anything like that, um, I'll try to answer them best of my ability through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, um, for by grace, you have been saved, um, through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift from God, not a result of works so that, um, no one may boast. So here, here's a scripture in Ephesians 2, 2 and 8 that really tells us that we are saved through faith and our salvation is a gift from God. It is not a result of whether, you know, we're good or, or bad or anything like that. It was already given to us um, before the foundations of the world. And in that you cannot boast saying, hey, I did this type of deed or I paid this type of money and I am saved. Um, in Jesus Christ, there's nothing that we can we can do or say um, for us um, to be saved or not. Hold on, let me pull up my notes. My iPad finally turned on. Um, so there's nothing that we can do. Okay, so here is a chart that's um, in your drop. It should be in your Dropbox um, that shows God's plan of salvation. Um, as you see, um, salvation was developed um, before eternity and through eternity. Um, so it was decided before the foundation of the world whether or not you will be saved or not. And then you see through the um, Old Covenant, New Covenant, um, different ways of justification, um, the way that you're, you're saved. Um, and so we're going to look at these terms as far as like justification and sanctification and glorification. I don't know if you all ever heard those terms in church or um, heard these um, ter terms being taught, but we are going to look at these terms and understand um, what, what role it plays in, in our salvation, okay? So let's see here, as we look, uh, we see also that um, God's plan, like I said, of salvation start um, in eternity past. So it was even started before Genesis, okay? So let's look at the scripture here. Uh, okay, um, Ephesians 1, 3 through 4 says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us in, uh, with every spiritual blessing heavenly place in in Christ Jesus my iPad just died again darn um, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we will be holy and blameless blameless before him so here's another scripture that says that he chose us before the foundations of the world 
to be holy and blameless. And we're going to talk a little bit about holy and blameless. So there's nothing that you can do on your own to be holy and blameless. Blameless, God has already declared that uh, for your life before the foundations of the world that you are um, holy and blameless. Give me one second, you guys. I have to pull up my notes on the my laptop because my iPad died. Um, so there's nothing that you can do. So I'm doing this from the top of my dome, y'all. So just, yeah, pray for me. <laughs> so there's nothing that you can do uh, that to be holy and blameless. God already established that um, before the foundations of the world, okay? All right. So um, because of that, we have to, um, in, in order to embrace the salvation that was given to us as a gift, we have to understand that we don't, we didn't play any part of that. And we have to understand as humans, because, because of sin, we must come into agreement that we are in captivity and have a need to be rescued. We are, sorry, give me one second. Okay. We are hurt. There we go. There's my notes. We are hurt and wounded in need of being healed psychologically, spiritually, spiritually, mentally. Uh, we are hopeless and we need to be regenerated. We need to be born, born again. Okay. Um, in our flesh, we are very prideful. Uh, we, and, and in that, we don't agree with God, with God about that. We argue God tooth and nail. You know, we claim that we're humble. You know, but in, in us, we, we, we like to take credit for things. We don't like to give him glory for things. We think it was in our own ability um, that we, you know, have done right. And, and uh, basically, we just, we really, we're really stubborn creatures. And so we have to really come into a recognition of that. Um, we have to understand that we need to be ransomed. We have to understand that we need to be free and we, we need to be forgiven. Okay. So finally my notes popped up, make sure I said everything. Um, um, I have a question. Sure. Uh, where are we in the book? Is this all in the No, book? this is not the book. So as you saw in the kind of beginning, it said this is lesson 10.5. So I had to really, um, as far as the, the points that um, Martin Luther gave um, as far as the foundation for the Protestant movement, um, because of our discussion last week, as far as um, people not understanding that we don't play a part in our salvation, I'm, I'm kind of taking a detour here, and I'm, sh I'm walking you all through the modes of salvation to show to show you all that we don't we don't play a part in our salvation, and this is how our salvation is is. Uh, is set up for us. So this is not in your book. The book does not go in into discussion about this. But I said last week that I wanted to break down justification, um, sanctification, and glorification. So I'm just, this is just setting it up so we, we all can have an understanding. Um, because the five, the five points last week, the five solas, are so important for our belief system. And so mm -hmm. I think we really have to have an understanding. So yeah, this is from like, so this is kind of less than 10.5. It's not in the book. So you're not gonna find it in the book. So this uh, PowerPoint will be in the Dropbox, okay? So let me see here. 
Okay, so justification. So before I even go into justification, has anybody, have you all heard of this term before, justification and sanctification and glorification? Yes. Okay, anybody else have heard of these terms before? Have you all ever heard anybody teach on it? Yes. Yeah, okay. I know it when as um I was, you know, coming up in the church, you didn't really hear of a deep teaching on, you know, justification and sanctification and glorification. Um, and it kind of shows in our conversation, our daily conversations, that a lot of us don't really have an understanding of these terms and how our salvation is set up. So I just wanted to make sure that we have a clear understanding of it. So justification is a divine act whereby an infinitely holy God judicially declares a believing sinner to be righteous and acceptable before him because Christ has borne the sinner's sin on the cross and has become to us righteous. Justification makes no one righteous, neither does it bestow righteousness on the believing sinner. Instead, it declares one to be justified, whom God sees as perfect, uh, perfected once and forever in his beloved son. So in the justification uh, mode of salvation, we are already declared uh, righteous and blameless and holy before God. So the sentence there says justification makes no one. So you can't make yourself. It won't make you righteous. You, you are already righteous. Okay. So let's see here in sanctification, sanctification is it's a little, it's a little deep. So um, just kind of call it, follow me here. I'm trying to, I'm gonna make it simple as possible. Sanctification is the most fundamental sense means to be set apart from the world and consecrated to God. The concept of sanctification emerges out of the Old and New Testament and does not have the same meaning in all scriptural texts. For instance, in the Old Testament, sanctification more times than not simply means holy things. However, you will find nothing in the Old Testament that suggests that sanctification refers to a moral character. In other words, to sanctify something simply means to declare it before God. That's in the Old Testament. So in the New Testament, the principle that sanctification does not speak to moral character remains. People are often referred to as saints who later are rebuked for immoral character or being carnal minded. So in this sense, saints meaning belonging to Christ. Okay. So uh, later, maybe in a future class, I'll, I'll talk about the different levels of saints. Um, but we, once you, once you become justified in Christ, you are considered a saint. Okay. You are a believer. You are a saint. Okay. So maybe later on I'll, I'll teach about saints. Okay. Um, so in, in the sanctification though, your, your transformation from formal to ethical. So this idea is that the understanding that God becomes clearer and clearer to a believer. So this is growing in the knowledge of God's word. This is conditional moving from a believer to a discipleship. Remember when we first, very, you know, first started this class, I, I showed you all a, a step chart 
in um, showing you when you become a believer of Jesus Christ, you should be progressing in him. This is called sanctification, okay? So when you decide to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and decide to learn more and more about him, this is, uh, this is what we call sanctification, okay? And it needs to be going on on a daily basis, okay? The believer grows more ethical, more spiritual, and all other conceptions changes towards the person of God. Thus, what it means to belong to God depends on what the believer knows about the nature of God to whom he and she belongs. So this, in this stage here, you have a choice whether to, to progress further to know Jesus Christ, to know his works, to know his will, and to know his way, or you could just stay in the state that you're in. So we're going to talk about a little later on how, well, let me just bring it up now. Sanctification really determines your quality of life in glorification, okay? It's your quality of life in eternity. So this, remember when I talked about rewards in heaven? So the way that you, the way, the way that you, I don't want to say the way that you live, the, the, the way that you are learning more about God and following his will and following his way and advancing his kingdom will determine whether or not you live in a mansion or live in a hut, will determine whether or not you have diamonds and, and jewels in your crown, okay? So this, this right here, the life that we're living here on earth is really important um, that you know that you have an assignment here on earth. And whether or not you do the assignment that God has told for you to do, it really determines your quality of life in eternity, okay? Uh, also, sanctification is re uh, relation to God personal. So we don't get the full meaning of sanctification as consecration or belonging to God until we grasp the New Testament thought of our relation to him as personal. In this sense, the sanctified life is a life of personal fellowship, lived out with the Father through the power of the Spirit, through the Son in obedient service, okay? So this sentence here, the sanctified life is a life of personal fellowship, live with the Father through the power of the Spirit, so the power of the Holy Spirit, through the Son and obedience and service. And I have the scriptures, John 14, chapters 14 through 16. If you want a, a teaching on the Holy Spirit given by Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ gives you the teachings of the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is here to do in our lives in John chapter 14 through 16, okay? That's the sidebar. So this is the thought that dominates Paul's thinking in most of his context of the epistle. It is a surrender life of sonship, trust, and loves with the Holy Spirit that enables us to say, Abba, Father. Okay? So this is about our relationship. Everybody's relationship is personal. Everybody's relationship is different. Everybody has a different assignment. Everybody has a, um, a different approach to God and things like that. So it's, it's, it's a personal thing. Okay? Okay, so in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 13, it says, but we shall always give thanks to God for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God has chosen you from the beginning of salvation, for the beginning for salvation, through sanctification by the spirit and faith in truth, okay, in the truth, okay? So the last one is glorification, okay? So glorification is a state in which the Bible teaches all those 
womb which have been chosen by God will ultimately rest. It is a condition where all forms and levels of this manifestation of sin will be removed forever. Only the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit enjoy this state currently. Um, it is the hope of the church, Israel, and all saints in the dispensation to come. Okay. Um, so in this state here, this is, this is our eternity. This is where we rest. This is when um, we're done from our labor. We're done from our works. We're done from sickness. We're done from um, being exposed to sin. This is where the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit lives at. This is where we are going to be transnumigrated into this uh, mode here, okay? Um, and Romans 8, 29 and 30 says that for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these he predestined, he also called, and these whom he called, he also justified, and the, these who he justified will also be glorified. So let me tell you about this, this scripture here. Just he who, who justified, and these he will, ah, ah. he also justified, and these whom he justified will also be glorified. This means that justification and glorification is all on God's terms. He controls who he chooses, and then he controls whether uh, he controls or he has a responsibility to make sure you get to heaven. Okay, so there's nothing that we can do to get to heaven, but it's on us to make sure our quality of life in heaven is up to par. Okay, I hope that makes sense to you all. So two things happened before the time it began. Justification and glorification are two things that happen automatically and we do and we have nothing to do with it. He predestined it and did it before the foundation of the world. You know the scripture that he began a good work in us shall perform it or shall finish it. This is what it is. He performed the work before the foundation of time and he will finish it in eternity and glorification, okay? Um, any questions so far or any thoughts? I know that's kind of kind of heavy. Any thoughts about that? Are we Can good? you go back? Sure. Um, to here or go back some more? No, right here, okay. Okay. Just I'm trying to write this down. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. And these notes also will be, you know, in the Dropbox afterwards. I didn't have time to put it in there when I restarted my computer. It just killed all my time. But I'll make sure all these notes are, are in there. So anybody else have any questions or anything or thoughts? Okay. All right. Okay. Are you good? Okay, good. All right, let's move on. Okay, so this is, I'm going to give you a you know, side-by-side -side view. So justification is, is past aspect of salvation. That means it, it already happened. Um, in our position, we are saved and sanctified as saints. This applies to most carnal as well as most spiritual. Um, and justification is unalterable. So results solely on our union with Christ, inseparable from justification. Um, God, as God sees us in Christ, we're going to 
discuss these scriptures in a minute. And then we are saved from the penalty of sin. What is the penalty of sin? It's death. So we will never see death. Even though we see death here on earth, our soul are, will continue to live in eternity. So technically we will not see death. Okay. Um, and sanctification, that means it's the present aspect of salvation. It is what we're required to do here on earth. It is exper exper experiential. Experiential depends upon our knowledge and faith in our position in Christ, okay? It's about whether or not you're going further, you're progressing in Jesus Christ, okay? Progressive, changeable. It depends on our yielding to God's will and to the conformity of his word. Um, and as we are in our conduct, okay? Um, and then we are free from the power of sin. So in this phase here, the power of sin should not overtake us because in this stage here, this is where the Holy Spirit and us are working together. So the Holy Spirit helps us to oppose or to fight the power of sin. The more Holy Spirit you, the more infilling you have, the infilling is supposed to happen every day, okay? So we have, we, we are indwelled with the Holy Spirit, but we are supposed to be infilled every day with the Holy Spirit through his word, through meditation, okay? So that helps us to fight the power of sin, okay? Um, and in glorification, this is the future aspect of salvation. This is our final. So when we see the Lord and are made like him, we are sinless, we're sickless, we're deathless, this is our eternal state will result in our final state in eternity and we shall be in glory and this right here we are free from the presence of sin this is why um when we die we are given a new body because our old body which which is filled with sin blood our blood is filled with sin because it comes from the line of adam which is filled with sin so therefore we are given a new body, the, the mortal put on the immortal, the corruptible will put on the incorruptible. So this is, this is where our works end. This is where we are, are, tra are trans new migrated to our new bodies, okay? And to our new life with Jesus Christ, okay? There's, there's no way that we can go back on this, on this um, teaching, this video. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be um, on the Revival Center page. And you're okay. able to view it anytime. Any, yeah. So after this class here, I usually um, go to YouTube and upload it and link it to uh, the Institute page. So there's a link um, in Facebook. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a link in Facebook where you can view all past videos and put up all, you can pull up all the documents and all that stuff, okay? Because I know it's a lot, so I'm trying to, like, take you all kind of slowly, and, and then anytime you guys have questions about anything, you guys can, can ask. So, yep, it'll be available. Okay. All right, cool. All right, so here's a question I want everybody to to chime in or if you're froggy enough to chime in after hearing this teaching can you lose your salvation that's why i said can i go back and <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Um, I'm just going to take a well guess. Can you lose your salvation? Lose your salvation? Mm-hmm. I mean, we say this a lot. We, we, you know, if you sin, they be like, I thought you were saved. You ain't saved? What happened to your salvation? What happened to your holiness? What happened to this? Can you lose it? I mean, you can sin. I don't know if you can lose it, but that's kind of wow. I'm trying to think because yeah, if you think about it, you sin, but you can always get there, right? But you can repent. Okay. You know, but can you lose your salvation? Mm-hmm. People can't go to hell. I say, yeah, you can lose your salvation. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? I don't know. <laughs> that's an honest answer okay. I mean cause I'm like based off the teaching based off the teaching then we don't have a choice like mm-hmm. we never had anything to do with that Okay. but then I'm like but if the bible says if you don't forgive the father won't forgive you mm-hmm. so does that have anything to do with salvation or is that a lo- another that's yeah, level of something else. Right. I was I was taught like God don't forgive you. You can't, you know, basically you can't get to God, so mm. can't get to heaven or wherever we going. So I don't, I, I don't know. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Um, if you sin. No, yeah, you right you Say that again. You're kind of low. Oh, okay. I said I believe that you can put it on a shelf for a while, but you have to repent. You know, daily. Like it's got to be a daily. It's got to be a part of your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't believe. What about put it on the shelf? I'm like, you know, especially when you're convicted about something, and you're like, okay, that's wrong. I mean, repent and get right back on track. Okay. What about the wages of sin is death? Okay. What about it? If you keep sinning, you're going to die. You lost your salvation. So, wages of sin is death. Does that mean your eternal state? What about, I mean, what, what about this scripture? Death is death. Like, there's no life, there's no salvation in death. Like, so that, that, does that determine your final destination? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. I would like to chime in on that as well. Um, I would say when it comes to can you lose your salvation, um, uh-huh. I think you can. Okay. Um, the scripture where... Um, where where Jesus was approached by um, by some people and he told them to turn away from me, you workers of iniquity. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, kind of just looking at the scenario, like um, they had to think that they were saved at one point, you know. So I was like, you know, that's what makes me think they lost their salvation because mm-hmm. Jesus told them he never knew them. Okay. Okay. 
What a good there's such a thing as a false convert or somebody who is just kind of <clears throat> around the church a lot, you know, takes on some characteristics and thinks they're saved that could fit into that scripture. Mm -hmm. But if your life really belongs to Christ, I would um, think that it would be pretty impossible to okay. not belong to him. Um, he said, in, <clears throat> what was it in one of the gospels? He says that these are my, these are mine and they cannot be plucked out of my hand. Right. Um, so uh, we cannot be lost again. Um, <clears throat> Is that a license to sin? No. Can we go down some dark paths trying to, you know, play those once saved, always saved games? Yes, we can go down some dark paths. Um, but we can't be lost. Um, and we will eventually come back home one way or the other. Okay. Oh. <clears throat> Good point. Anybody else want to chime in? I know y'all itching to say something. This is a heavy question. Anybody else for good? Um, who was it that said the point about you workers of iniquity? So I couldn't catch the voice on that one. Uh, I mean, I said it, yeah. It, that's one thing what I referred to. Because at first I did believe like, okay, well, you can't lose salvation. And then after I read that, I was like, well, they had to believe, you know, that they were, you know, going to have and what part of the kingdom. So. So in that scripture there, who was the audience? Or who who was Jesus talking to? I don't have my Bible in hand to to really look at it. Um, I have to go back and and I'm not home, so I can't really go into I, I believe he was talking to the Pharisees, wasn't he? Um, pull it up. Hold on. Let's see here. Can you guys see my screen? You can see me pulling up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So what is the saying about salvation? Or is it saying anything at all about salvation? That it's not of works. I mean, you you read Ephesians two eight. Mm -hmm. um, salvation is not because of certain works that you do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's that's a good point. There. He's basing this all on his his works. Like, didn't I do that? Didn't I do this? But what? yeah. And so we have to understand as well the audience. He's talking about here. This is kind of the Israel Pharisees going on. And so the requirement of salvation was to believe on him. But we understand that there were a lot of people 
who were claiming to do a lot of works in Jesus' name, but didn't really know him. And so the Lord, so Jesus here, he sees their heart like, dude, I never knew you. You weren't even a part of me. You workers of iniquity, you workers of lawlessness. Right. This goes back to what you was talking about earlier in the teaching. Mm-hmm. That we have to um that we have to be studying him, you know, so we can grow in him. Right. True. So we have to do our part. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's just very interesting because they pretty much thought that they knew Jesus. Yeah. You know. And so they had to believe, like, okay, I did the whole, you know, sinner's repentance prayer and all that stuff. And, you know, Jesus said they were workers of iniquity. You know? Well, in here, in Matthew, there was no sinner's prayer. Yeah, I was well, going to say, it says nothing about them praying the pray, uh, prayer. Because we have to understand their, their standard of salvation was just for them to believe in the law and to believe in Jesus Christ. So when Jesus Christ came, the standard of salvation was to believe in him. Well, yeah, that's why I'm basically repent for your yeah. old way, all that type of thing. But, you know, they pretty much thought that they made it. You know, they walked up to Jesus and Jesus was like, no, turn away from me. You are right. iniquity. Yep. So at some point, you know, because, you know, the Sadducees and the scribes, they didn't even like Jesus. They didn't want right. to receive him at all. So mm-hmm. at some point they had to believe that they made it, you know, like, okay, we're there because they approached Jesus. So I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, okay, so you know, wrong way to do it. And I mean, that is, there's, you know, witnesses where people are actually, you know, sometimes are dead astray, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's going to happen. But, right. Yeah. yeah. So. It, it brings me back to the day because I come up to people and they say, well, I believe in God but they still in the old ways and thinking that just because they drink a little beer or they do a little this, then they sins are forgiven and they're going to go to heaven. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Because God loves everybody and it's not like that. Well, like you said, it's not, it's not about our works. It's not about whether or not we sin or whether or not we drink, whether or not we do X, Y, and Z here on earth. It's all about what God already established before eternity. Mm. So can you live a good life and be saved? Like, can you say, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a good person, I'm saved or, you know what I'm saying? Like, can I just do good and stay saved? <laughs> I believe it's a difference between being uh, being good and godly. Mm-hmm. So you can be good, but are you godly? You know what I'm saying? It's all about having a personal relationship with you. Um, like I said, like if you do do something and he lets you know, like, and, and also the Holy Spirit is just helpful because the Holy Spirit lets you know, like, hold on, that ain't right. You did that mm-hmm. ain't right. Or, you know what I'm saying? Repent or whatever you got. So I think a lot of people feel like, you know, I'm just doing a good, you know, deed, but is that godly? Are you doing a, are you doing God's will? Or are you just trying to be right. seen? Or just right. doing something good? Right. It don't mean something God if you trying right. to be Or, you know, you honor him with your word. Go back to the scriptures that say, God is far from it. Like, you know, and that's like, that's why you got to do a hard check. Like, look at that's why I respect when Solomon talked to his son and say, uh, 
guard your heart. Because I don't think it's the issues of life. And if you don't guard your heart and protect that, because your heart is your heart. So if you decide not to do good, you confessed him and all that stuff, and can you can you lose it? So she's still going back to can you lose your salvation? Because <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like we're we're still in that kind of works phase. Like, okay, if I do good, then I'm I can stay saved, or you know what I'm saying. So I want well, I, none of that matters, right? Yeah. Yes, I want us to make sure that we understand that it really doesn't matter what you do when you're saved. You cannot lose it. It affects your quality of life in eternity, though. And that's so, what you talk about when you're standing going to different heavens, like different levels, and you're not going. Well, not to different levels here. of heavens, but your your quality of life, as far as you being in a mansion or in a hut, or yeah. you know your crowns and your rewards and things like that. It it can affect your quality of life here on earth. As yes, well. yeah, it can. Apart from God, yeah, um, you are living. If you're separating yourself from God in some way. Mm-hmm. You will be miserable. Yeah, I mean, what that David that said it was like my bones were rotting. I mean, it was like I was just, you know, when I was away from you. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. I mean, that was when you are apart from God, you are miserable. Yeah, true. So, so quality of life is impacted in in both <clears throat> temporal and uh, eternal. Yes, definitely, definitely. You can see uh how living living in sin or doing types of sin how it can uh, t- it can take a hold of your body i know i've seen people mm-hmm. just riding away because of the state that they decide to live in here you know here on earth and things like that so yes we we should always if if you're saved by if you're saved by god you should always hear a a call to come closer to him. You should always like, you know, hear a yearning or hear something from God that's that's calling him mm-hmm. to draw closer to you. And you have a choice whether mm-hmm. or not to yield to that call or to stay in the state that you're in. So basically, like I said on the the levels chart, the the believers chart, if you decide just to stay at a believer you're basically is affecting your quality of life here on earth and in heaven. Okay. Uh, I was trying to find that, that chart that I did in the very beginning of class. Here it is. So remember the steps. So this is the steps that you must take. Once you become saved, you must make a decision to surrender. You must make a decision to become a disciple. And then in that you are a learner. You're going to learn more and more about him. That's the call that, you know, we should be yielding our lives to, not staying in a state of, I just believe and that's it. Okay. Especially if you want, especially if you care about, you know, uh, your life and eternity. Okay. So good. Good. I just do that question out there just to see, (laughs) 
what you guys uh, were thinking. And Tracy mentioned this scripture here. So this is the scripture. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the father's hand. I and the father are one. Okay, so the enemy cannot snatch you out of the hand of God. If you're caught up in some sin, there you can come out of it and still maintain your status with God. So don't let nobody tell tell you. Uh, I know I don't know about y'all, but I came out of a holiness church that if you ain't uh, looking a certain type of way, then you ain't holy, you ain't sanctified, you ain't going to heaven if you wear earrings, if you your skirt's too short and all that stuff. That is all a set. It's called asceticism. It's all fluff. Don't let nobody tell you that you have to look a certain way to be saved. But even though you, you're not required to look a certain way, but the Holy Spirit will tell you when you're looking off, though. We have mm-hmm. to use, we have to use wisdom in that. Right. Real too. Sure. But it, it doesn't determine your salvation. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking a little off, that doesn't mean that you're not saved. You're just a little off today. Right. Because he'll convict you. <laughs> yes, he will convict you. And that's, that's right. <laughs> he said that's right. I don't like that feeling. Was that Shakata said that's right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I love it. I love it. That's right. That's right. And so justification, it runs in its own lane. Sanctification runs in its own lane. And glorification runs in its own lane. Jesus, uh, God is, 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 uh, is responsible for justification, meaning that he already chose before the foundations of the world who's going to be saved. And he's going to make sure that he finished that perfect work in glorification. So in sanctification, it is our part to to follow the will, the way, and follow his word in order to receive your gifts in in heaven, your your rewards in heaven, okay? He wants for, he, he has a desire to carry out his will and advance the kingdom through his people. And it is your choice whether or not you're going to do it or not. That's right. Okay. All right. Next slide. Okay. So when you see scriptures, when you see certain types of scripture, oh, I got four minutes. Lord have mercy. Okay. So I'm going to do this really fast. Um, So when you see, yeah, okay. So when you see scriptures about being called or being elected and all that stuff, um, or, or, or death or, or things like that, you have to understand what mode of salvation it is in when you see it. So remember last week we talked about um, a little bit of exegesis. We talked about an acronym that's called CW Gives. It's content, gram- word, grammar, author's intent, background, and scripture. So when you're looking at certain scriptures that talked about being elected and being called and things like that, you have to understand what mode of salvation they're talking about. So we're going to use the hermeneutical rule of grammar, okay? So if the, if the, um, you're going to look at the verb tense. 
So if the verb is in the past, that means it's in the justification mode because it already happened, okay? So if the verb is in the present, it's in the sanctification mode, that means it's, it's ongoing, it's going on now. And if the verb is in the future tense, that means it's in the glorification, that it means it's, it's to come. Okay, and another rule when you're looking at salvation is the consequences. What happens if I do this? So the consequences can be temporal or eternal. So what is the consequences of, of sanctification mode? If you do not work out your salvation, you, uh, you do not have progress and you won't mature in Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're going to do a little practice here. We're going to look at some scriptures and I want you to tell me what mode the scripture is in. Okay. <laughs> it's only four it's like four scriptures so it's not a lot but i just want to, to show you an example of what to look for when you're looking at uh scriptures about salvation okay so ephesians 1 and 4 says just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world that we will be holy and blameless before him what mode of self sorry what mode of salvation is that in justification why? Why? It's in the past tense. Okay, where's the <laughs> verb? He chose us. Right. Yep, he chose us. Before the foundation of the world. So, yep, that is in the justification stage. Yep. All right. Hold on. Shoot. Uh, okay. Let me go here. All right. Next scripture. Philippians 2 and 12. So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your, your salvation with fear and trembling. What mode is this in? Or what? where's the verb first? Work out work out and what what tense is that in present that's present tense right so that means that this is talking about sanctification, sanctification. right and so when you see work out your salvation it just means this is in the sanctification mode that you should be always progressing and growing in god okay all right let's see first corinthians one and two to the church of god which is at Corinth, to those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling with all who in every place called on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ are their Lord and ours. What tenses, what mode is this in? Or what verb? Where's the verb? I'm trying to find the verb. <laughs> I guess call can be the, is the only verb I see for it. Sanctification. Sanctified. Sanctified. Who, right, yeah. Who have been sanctified. So what tense is that in? Who have present perfect. It's one of those perfect ones. You got right. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> the it's the past past present. Yeah, it's one of them type things. Past present. So who have been sanctified? So that is justification. Okay. okay. 
Yep. Who had been sanctified, who have been, yeah, before the foundations of the world. Yep. So that was a kind of a tricky one because it has sanctification in there. You would think uh, <laughs> sanctification, <laughs> but it's in the past tense. So it's, it's justification. All right, one more. Uh, oh, is that the whole scripture? Hold on. Did I put the whole scripture up there? Um, yeah, that is it. Okay. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I'm at glorified. Yeah, uh, and if you are a test taker, you know that there's one we haven't covered yet. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is why this is the last one. <laughs> it's always the doozy. <laughs> I heard somebody say it, I thought. Glorified. Okay, where? Mm -hmm. I'd say glorified and... Um, you just asked me what category it falls under. Uh, where's the verb? Uh, uh, something. Uh, you know what? I gotta. I gotta hear it again. But it sound like glorified. Sound, sound like, like glorification, don't it? You yeah. Anybody else want to take a stab at it? Well, it says, "Do not grieve." Like, just don't do this in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't okay. do it. So what tense is grieve though? Uh, let me see. Sanctification and glorified. Uh, grieve. Yeah. So <laughs> grieve is sanctification because it's present. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Don't quench him. That's sanct that's sanctification. By whom you were sealed. That's justification. Okay. And then for yeah. the day of redemption is glorification. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so all three was okay. present. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I got off and then jump back on because I keep getting those interrupting calls. Oh, okay, you're good. You're good. <laughs> yep. So technically all three are present. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's just an example of when you see script scripture. Um, talking about salvation and electing a call, just look at, this is one of the rules that you can follow. Look at the tense of the verb. It will tell you what modes the sal uh, mode of salvation the scripture is in, okay? So next class, um, when we get into Bible study methods, we'll learn more about hermeneutics, okay? So that's just one, one uh, principle of hermeneutics is grammar. So you gotta be good at grammar. So... Uh, for those who took Latin, Khalil, in high school, uh, you should be good at this because we learned about the future, present, past, participles, and all that stuff. You're going to see it more in scripture. It will. <laughs> 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 so you're get more in scripture. So, uh, yeah. So any questions? That's kind of the, the end of that lesson. So any questions? From anybody as far as the uh, make sure you have an understanding of justification and sanctification and glorification.
that was good. I mean, I learned something really new. That was good. I enjoyed that. Man, I try to make it as simple as possible, but yet effective. You know what I'm saying? To make sure that you guys have an understanding of it. I have a question. Sure. Uh, the pastor like to say this. He'd be like, if you don't forgive, you're going to hell. So what's the... um? The ramifications for like forgiveness and salvation. Yeah, so for forgiveness, as far as in scripture, you have to use the grammar, uh, the grammar principle too. So have been forgiven or forgiving or things like that. You have to, yeah, that's a whole nother lesson. Uh But then you have to look at um, the context of when, where, of where it was speaking at and who he was speaking too, because you have to understand it's a lot. So when you look, so when he said, you know, if God, uh, what is it? If you don't forgive your brethren, you won't be forgiven by God. Does that affect your salvation though? Right. Does it? Uh, I mean, based off what we just went over, no. <laughs> no, you just have a choice. You need to forgive because the Holy Spirit will pull on you. Right. To say, you need to forgive your brethren. But like an overall aspect of salvation. Yeah. But you should definitely be forgiving. Yeah, so you're already forgiven. But in that moment, you know, if you do the same thing to your to your brethren, just like that the uh, parable. Yeah. Uh the uh, for you know, uh the talents and owing owing the master. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you can't forgive your brother, then what makes you think that God's going to forgive you for that? Right. So, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Anybody else? We're good? All right. Awesome. Remember, these notes will be in the Dropbox. I will have the link to the video on the institute page um and if you guys have any questions at any time as far as with justification and glorification and all that stuff just let me let me know but just make sure just make sure you know that you are saved and no one can tell you that you are not saved we can't go around judging whether people are saved or not that's not our our call you know what i'm saying like god made that call and so we can't say because she's wearing such and such or she's doing such and such that she can't be saved. That's not our call to make. Right. Okay. But we can't judge your judgments. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I mean, yeah. let's, let's, uh, let's get right. Come on, yeah. let's, let's go, you know, <laughs> but uh, as far as to say whether or not they're saved or not, that's not for us to, to, to judge or whatnot. So, all right. Cool. So I'm going to pray out. Um, Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, God, um, for this lesson, God, that we understand that we are saved before the foundation of the world. And there's nothing, there's no one that can pluck us out of your hand. Um, God, we thank you um, that every day we are growing in you. We're learning more about you, God. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that is placed inside of us, oh God, to continue to pull on us, continue to help us grow in you, oh God. And God, I pray that we are um, focused more on doing your will and doing your way, God. 
um, because we care about carrying uh, carrying out your will. Where we care about you um, having your rule and your reign here on earth, oh God. And in that, God, uh, we thankful for the rewards, God, that are going to come to us, God. Even though we may sometimes we may not see them here manifesting on earth, oh God. But we know for sure, God, as long as we stay in your word and your will, that it will be shown in heaven, God. So we thank you and we honor you, God. And I pray, oh God, that in everything we do for you, that we give you the glory, God. So God, uh, we don't want to get to heaven and our works will be burned up because we haven't submitted our, our way and our will to you, Father. So God, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right, you guys have a good night. Have a good night.